Chris. Hey, hey. And Mama Kay. Hey, everybody. And tonight we're reviewing the 2015 sci-fi film Ex Machina. Uh, it is a our first listener suggestion we've done. Listener Mac uh, suggested this. Thank you, Mac. Uh, and oh, he, thank you, Mac. Yeah, he. Uh, after I got this through uh, my Instagram, Brennan underscore Pod, if anyone's interested uh, to reach out. Um, he commented on our her review and was like. Oh, have you guys seen Ex Machina? What do you think of the differences there? And I'm like, I had never equated those two movies because the tone is very different, even though the subject matter is similar. Uh, you know, her, we did that review. If you want to hear that, go check it out. Uh, that is also on Netflix right now. So, um, you know, pretty yeah, easy it's a access. Good one. Yeah. And this is also on Netflix. Uh, like I said, 2015 film directed by Alex Garland. This was his directorial debut. Uh, prior to this, he was a novelist. Uh, and he also wrote several films like uh, 28 Days Later, Dread, uh, Sunshine, Never Let Me Go. Probably heard of at least a couple of those. Okay. Um, he wrote Sunshine? Cause if he, he wrote, did, yeah, the Danny Boyle film. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? Yeah. Now that you say that, definitely. And uh, he, this is his first film, but there's another film he directed a couple years later called Annihilation. I'm sure we've brought it up before. Uh, Jess and I typically gush about that movie. Um, oh, so good. We yeah, saw it twice in theaters. Oh, yeah, I saw it twice. I, I mean, I, I just watched it right after this. I went right to Hulu and watched Annihilation right after this because I was, like, in that <laughs> mood. Um, but, yeah, Ex Machina, wow. I, will, I will give you guys the plot summary. Uh, Caleb Smith, played by Domhnall Gleeson, a programmer in an internet search giant, wins a competition to spend a week at the private mountain estate of the company's brilliant yet reclusive CEO, Nathan Bateman, played by Oscar Isaac. Upon his arrival, Caleb learns that Nathan has chosen him to be the human component in a Turing test, charging him with evaluating the capabilities and ultimately the consciousness of Nathan's latest experiment in artificial intelligence, Ava, played by Alicia Vikander. So... That was written, go. like, very scientifically. Of course it was. Because I wouldn't be surprised if Alex Garland wrote this himself. Um, <laughs> his movies are the most sci-fi, sci-fi, heady, like, old, like very old-school sci-fi, um, all intellectual stimuli, not a lot of emotion. Um, there's a little little bits and pieces here in, in this and other movies that he's had a hand in, but it's a very uh, intellectually uh, favored movie, I guess to say. It's all it's all left brain. Um, I've seen this a couple of times. I saw it when it originally came out. Um, Mama Cade and uh, Jess, have you either of you seen this movie before? No, I've never even heard of it. I've heard of it and avoided it because it sounded <laughs> way too sci-fi-y for me. But I did just watch it for the first time. So you guys are both... How's that? (laughs) There you go. You guys are both fresh to it. I know Jess has seen Annihilation. Um, Okay. I know you have not, but you said you saw Sunshine. So you've at least seen something he's had a hand in. Yeah. So did he write this movie as well? Yes. He wrote and directed this. Okay. But he wrote Sunshine. um, Danny Boyle. But not direct. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different. But um, yeah, I can see... I can see that in this. So the smartness of it all. Yeah. Yeah. His, I, I really like his writing style. It makes, it makes me a non-reader want to go read his books. Apparently he has a couple of really good. Oh books my God. Who, I have yeah. to write this man a note. It's, I, <laughs> like his, I like his, I like his style. Mail. It's, it's, it's the best kind of sterile, um, 
I, I can think of. But, uh, you know, before tipping her hand too much more, uh, if you haven't seen Ex Machina, it is on Netflix now. It usually pops in and out of the streaming services, but go check it out if you have any interest. Uh, we rate things Yeah, because we're going to spoil it. Because we're going to spoil it. That's right. We spoil yeah. movies here. Spoiled uh, it. Spoiled it. Spoiled it. You hadn't had a SpongeBob <laughs> reference in a while. I was I was getting worried. Nice. Blurred out of me. Yeah. Um, we rate things here at Films with Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the characters, the plot, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the film. And we're going to start the movie with Caleb Smith, uh, and he is a programmer at Blue Book, which is a Google surrogate. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. It's a giant search engine that comprises the majority of the world's searches. He gets invited to a contest by the CEO, uh, Nathan Bateman. Uh, So Caleb, like we said before, Domo Gleason, people recognize him. He's in all kinds of big stuff these days. Uh, He's he's General Hux in the new movie, new uh, Star Wars movies for other another sci-fi-ish movie um but he's been around yeah, for a while and harry then Nathan, potter well, who is he in harry potter is he a weasley i'm guessing he's one of the weasley one of the weasley twins george i think yeah oh he's one of the weasleys see i didn't even know i was like maybe he's based both on his of looks, them i don't like, know based on his looks i was just like is he a weasley because that's all i can really think of for <laughs> for him to be he's in harry weasley. potter and he was in About Time, which I really love, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't seen that. I know about I know about that. You but... haven't seen that? No, it looks a little... Oh. We'll get into that another time. Um, <laughs> and then his CEO... You need to see it. You need okay. to see it. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll get on that. Um, but the CEO is uh, reclusive. He lives in the middle of the woods in this giant like military compound that he's fashioned for himself. Uh, CEO Nathan Bateman, that's played by Oscar Isaac. Again, another another character or not a character actor he's he's kind of a lead man these days uh, he's in all kinds of different stuff he's in he is some, in a lot of stuff he's in some movies we reviewed he's in uh, triple frontier one of our earlier reviews um he's also in the new star wars is uh he's in annihilation the other movie we gushed about um he's he's all over the place and life I really, itself can't forget about that one uh, i try but <laughs> you don't let me um <laughs> nope <laughs> yeah he's in life itself real down point in his career um and uh the two of them uh i like how they first meet here uh caleb gets dropped off in the jungle and like has to walk i don't know how far but pretty far to this compound because there's no other people allowed anywhere near this it's only nathan that's there and um so caleb has to get there through the jungle um he gets his little pass car to get into the compound i like how it takes his picture and it's all terrible like it would be um (laughs) and when they first meet nathan's like working out and he's like a total like dude bro silicon valley guy like he's like oh bro i'm so happy to see you here i'm uh what's it like he's like he's that kind of guy but also like like insanely intelligent so yeah i think like a silicon valley bro is what they were going for here yeah but i didn't know at the very beginning when they introduced him as that i didn't know that i was gonna buy oscar isaac as that guy you know, mm-hmm. I really didn't think I was going to tune into his character like that because he just wasn't, I don't know. No, he I wasn't either geeky enough or he wasn't broy enough. You know what I mean? He was like, yeah, was I think I could have used some more geeky. Uh, uh, yeah. He, all right. Well, I'll introduce yeah. our third major character before we can delve into the character depth. Uh, Nathan is, makes Caleb sign a non-disclosure agreement to work there. It's a really complex one that basically says you can't say anything, talk about anything. It's very um, 
non-standard is what he calls it. Um, and But eventually his curiosity gets the better of him. He signs his week away. It's supposed to only be a week that he's there uh, doing something that he doesn't even know what it is. And it's uh, revealed he's doing a Turing test, which for people who don't know, it's uh, a human speaks to uh, a computer and has to relay if they think whether or not they're speaking to is intelligent like a human or if it's a computer um typically it's unbeknownst right they evaluate whether or not they think they're talking to a human typically it's unbeknownst to them that they're a machine it's usually like you're talking to someone and then they talk to them and be like yeah i was talking to this person or they say i was talking to someone and it sounded weird and it sounded like a machine like it's that kind of thing um like right now our listeners should probably think about which one of them us is a machine because they don't know us out of the three of us right who's the most machine like jess what no it's <laughs> <Most> creative <laughs> yeah I'm but i cried out the most. there that mom okay <laughs> better <laughs> maybe you're the machine hmm. hmm i say we pick nicole she's not here <laughs> that's that's your cop-out pick um maybe anyway you don't know people you know our listeners think they might know us but yeah, you, never, you know. never know maybe this is um, a big experiment it's podcast. the whole thing is exactly <laughs> every podcast ago. is maybe we're podcasting yep. from inside the compound no don't start that uh so uh he signs on to the turing test uh and kayla meets ava who is played by alicia vikander i only know her from the new tomb raider movie which is horrible um not horrible it's <laughs> it's it's watchable um but not not good by any measure um she so, was in like a Mission Impossible or a, something uh, like one of those kind of things. Probably, too. I don't so. know. I don't. This is what I know her from. This is like when I think of her in a good way. It's it's in this movie. <laughs> it's not in any of uh, her other action stuff. Um, but she is an AI, uh, basically human form, but completely robot looking. Uh, I like how like sleek it all is. Um, the only part of her that's human, human is her face is Alicia Vikander's face. And, uh, you know, there's, there's purpose to that. And we'll get to that in a second, but these are her hands and her feet, which I don't understand. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. I didn't realize her Her feet were, I think her hands are, I, her feet are, because I noticed it specifically and I was like, why, why, why is everything else not? Maybe because... Well, we'll get into like why, how robotic she is, and and some of the choices there. But these are our three main characters. We have one other kind of character that comes in. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but uh, who do I want to start with? I'll start with Jess for this one. Uh, what do you think of the characters? Um, so I like the characters, and I I like movies where the characters are at a small number. So there's only four yes. ones. So it's not like I'm re- like trying to think back to anything or read my notes or anything but no four solid characters they're all yeah they're all different um but no i like them i think caleb um is definitely super naive um really well i guess in the end he kind of proves himself otherwise but we'll talk about that later but he comes off as just well (laughs) yeah (laughs) a lot a lot to reveal but he's just kind of dorky naive um little timid I'm almost surprised they chose him to be the person um, to do this experiment just because it seems like they want someone with more voice or someone with more charisma to really engage in the robot, and he just kind of seems a little meek. The actor or the ca- or the character he's playing? Oh, the character he's playing. So, I mean, he didn't really win me over. I wasn't, like, 
I didn't love him the entire time I was rooting for him, but, I mean, he did his part as is. I, I really liked Ava. Ava is super similar to the movie Her because her she's that innocent but flirty, um, cute voice, like just someone you're attracted to or want to be mm-hmm. friends with or want to get to know better, similar to um, Scarlett Johansson's voice. So I can definitely see why they chose that. And her face is just very, very pretty. It's not like she wears a lot of makeup or anything. It's just a natural, pretty girl. So obviously there's some attraction there. Nathan, I, I liked him. Um, he was kind of hard to understand, and I feel like no one I would really like in person, but he did play the part very well. I think he did come across as cocky, and the way that he lives by himself and talks of himself, it, I don't know. It's just, he's kind of a recluse, but he wants to be your friend. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's a little messy there, but um, again, he did play it really well, and Kyoko... I can't really talk about her much until we, I think, yeah, kind of left her so out I'll, on purpose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll um, leave that one to talk further. But overall, no, they were good. I think I'm going to give it a four. Mom, okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with Jess on a four. I did like uh, the characters. I like the the. I grew to like the acting choices. I understand um, for sure why they chose Donald Gleason for that. He's you know somebody who. Um, could easily be swayed and influenced by a pretty face, I think, um, and somebody who um, had interest interest in him. Um, and I did finally buy into um, Nathan's character was it was okay for me, but I was having a hard time buying into the actor. But once I did, I was I was in. I was a little really taken aback by Alicia Vikander. I, it's really interesting because you're really only dealing with a face and somebody who doesn't have anything else to emote. I was trying to watch her like even breathe or do anything. And there was nothing. It was just like, she was a robot. Like (laughs) it was almost like she was a robot. Um, (laughs) Everything was very static. And, but that didn't make me think less of her as a person. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Problem with picking um, the, this Caleb person as a character is because he seems like such a stand-up guy and picking him to do this job is problematic. I think because he should have really thought of the Nathan should have thought about the outcome of what this would be. He really didn't think it through enough where you have this really stand-up guy who's going to try to, you know, help the situation. Uh, We should probably talk about the plot once we get there, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, characters, therefore, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm with you guys actually. It's a four for me as well. Uh, it's not. I, I think you guys probably would have guessed it was higher, but it's not. It's a four. Um, I guess I'm the only one who loves Nathan the most. I I think Nathan's the shit. Uh, Nathan brings life to this movie and another why because I think what what some of my least favorite they're not my least favorite parts, but the parts that I have a, the least ability to get into is interactions between. Uh, Caleb and Ava, actually, which I understand is kind of part of it all. But if we're supposed to be getting proven, like, how just like a human she is, um, I mean, she's very very clearly capable. And I like when uh, there's a plot point that comes up later that, you know, kind of switches their whole conversation. And in those moments, she is definitely more seeming like a person, more more actually intelligent um, as opposed to artificial. 
Caleb Caleb is fine. Uh, I think Alicia Vikander did really good as Ava. Um, I like mm, yeah. how her character progresses. Um, but no, the standout for me is Nathan. Nathan is really complex and really just he's so much more fun than everyone else and i know that you know that's he he's the only one who really can be in their in their situation um but yeah i like i like his dude broiness i like how despite being dude broy he's very clearly like got that underlying intelligence he's menacing at times um he's just silly at times uh and uh i I didn't know how Oscar Isaac was going to do this role in the beginning either. Um, I had the benefit of seeing this when it first came out. So before he was huge Oscar Isaac, before, back when he was kind of indie Oscar Isaac. So that helped mm-hmm. um, not having like the preconceived notion of him in my head. Um, but no, he's, he's the standout character for me. And as a whole, they're four just because it's, it's tough between for me, between Caleb and Ava as we go through the plot um, at times. So, Didn't you think, though, I mean, it was easy for him to be the charismatic and interesting one because he's a psychopath. I mean, you didn't get that from... I know that that was your favorite character, and I'm not surprised that I think that he's a psychopath. But <laughs> it's like, didn't... Kind of, but not that's really. Kind of an easier... Well... I mean, yeah, I mean, really, he's, you know, the reclusiveness of his life uh, is unnecessary. It's by design for him. It's not necessary in his life, but he makes it that way. Sociopath you know? at because worst, a, but not a, I mean. Uh, okay, me. Uh, at he's worst. Borderline. No, he's not. I, okay, well, we'll get, well, I mean, his, as the yeah, plot he's, goes. He's definitely unpredictable because I feel like he has a couple of personalities together and it's kind of hard to understand what his motives are or anything just because you don't really understand him in general he's also an ends right. justify the means guy and and when you're that intelligent i kind of give it a pass to the ends justify the means people but uh well, we'll... i never give that a pass you know that so i know you, your moral compass gets in the way Sorry. of a good character um but uh <laughs> ava, so ava and, and the, the crux of the movie is two two things as we go through the plot it's uh, ava and caleb having their conversations um and this is the most her-ish moment for comparing it to that, since I know that's how this whole movie got brought up in the first place. Um, it's right. all about, yeah, figuring out how she thinks, then she had to figure out how he hit, he thinks. Um, and parallel to this is Caleb's conversations with Nathan um, about their conversations and Ava's existence in general. Um, and I like, see, I, those are the parts I like more. Um the, the, the conversations between Caleb and Ava are good. I guess I'm a little numb to it because I've seen so much modern day good sci-fi that I'm like, ah, this is this is solid. But I've seen all of this kind of stuff before and this seems a little static to me. Uh, but then when Caleb and Nathan have their conversations about the conversations on the outside, that's when I'm like, get, all right, let's get into the meat of what that was supposed to be about and then let's have so like i like the chess conversation the does the chess machine it knows uh, or it knows how to play chess but does it know that it is playing chess does it know what chess is does it know why it's supposed to win at chess like those are the kind of bigger questions about ava yeah she can have conversations but does she know what conversations are does she does she know why like is is you know it's it's a lot of different um experiments that are happening here other than just the turing test um they even talk right. about a different one they talk about the the color the color something experiment i don't remember what it's called but the guy who's 
uh, lived in a black and white room his whole life, and uh, he's been described everything about color. He's read everything up about color on his entire life, and then when he's brought into the world and finally sees color, it's a whole different experience like in general. So a lot of big ideas like that, and that's the stuff that I really enjoy in this movie. All the while, if we're talking more plotty plot stuff, uh, it, there's these power outages that are happening, and uh, Kale. And this is kind of like there's three people. The one is the audience <laughs> perspective. That's Caleb, and then there's right. Nathan and Ava, and you don't really know who to trust here. So, like, no. at first you think you're trusting Nathan because he's supposed to brought you in, and Ava's robot. But then Ava kind of wins you over. And then you start to think Nathan's kind of up to some stuff. And then you kind of switch back and forth throughout the thing. Um, but it starts with these power outages. We learn of Nathan and Ava's contentious history and Nathan's history with AIs in general. We are introduced to Koyoko, um, who has a reveal later on that I didn't think was much of a reveal. I thought it was pretty much what I was expecting. Um, yeah, that was, saw yeah. that coming it, d- it didn't away. shock me at I all. I agree. But, um, but I've kind of given the bones of the plot. I'll let you guys talk about some of the meat, give your rating. Uh, I'll go to Mama K first this time. What do you think of the plot of this movie? Before we get to the very, very end. The plot was good. It kept me going, and it did keep me going back and forth about who... I mean, the movie was a lot about um, about trust and truth and that kind of thing. And I, I went back and forth, and I know who I wanted to believe. Um, mm-hmm. And then it, it played out like like I thought it would play out, honestly, even though, you know, I had my doubts going through. Um, I, I loved how this movie was filmed. And that I think was a big portion of that kept the plot moving. The conversations that went back and forth and, and the way that, like you said before, that there, you know, there would be parallels between the two different people's conversations. And they would even have what you thought was a conversation between um, Oscar Isaac's character and, and Ava, which, wound up being something a little different than what what was portrayed but i think you really the thing about this movie is that you you wanted to pick a side but you knew you really didn't know who to trust and you couldn't really i couldn't really feel like i trusted anyone um and and even i didn't really there was a point when i was like not really even um trusting the donald caris uh gleason's character either i was a little like is he put here for a reason like i started to like double agent everything um they kind of address a, a little bit of that at one point which i thought yeah one of the few surprises that caught me off guard because there's a lot of twists here but a lot of them are ones i would have guessed but that was not one that was kind of interesting but. yeah i think that what could have been a real downfall for this movie is that it is extremely cerebral and slow and slow for me is is death for most movies but because of the way that it was filmed and the way that it was edited together i think kept me interested enough i didn't get to a point where if these people keep talking like this i'm you know i'm gonna i'm gonna check out or i need to go get a drink or i'm gonna fall asleep but Hmm. i would get almost to that point and then they would flip it you know he would flip the switch on me and i'd be like okay Hmm. i can i can i can watch this for a little bit more and and the way the plot was was driven was good for me i'm gonna give this a three and a half jess yeah i think i agree with everything that mama k said I think this should have been a pretty slow movie because there's no action whatsoever. It, there's just basically two scenes: him with Ava. Even the and action then, is slow. <laughs> like literal, yeah, literal him, action is slow. <laughs> yeah, it's either him with Ava or him with Nathan. There's really only two things yeah. to look at. It's not like you're. 
going outside and seeing all the nature or you're transporting somewhere else. There's right. not much to see no. and there's not much that they're doing. So I can understand how someone could think this is a slow movie, but it actually caught my attention the entire time. So they must have done a really good yeah. job with the language and um, just making you think who to trust or where this movie is going. Um, one thing that... Is that what you... Because I thought about trust like the whole time when I was watching it, like the key for me. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that you're saying that trust was a big thing too. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. pretty early on, Ava said, don't trust Nathan. So I'm like, okay, so the robot says not to trust your creator. Where is this going to go? So, But one thing I do wish there was more of was a connection between um, Ava and Nathan. So if I'm comparing it back to her, I can really see how um, Samantha and what was his name again? Oh, Samantha and uh, Theodore? Yeah. So I can really yeah. see the chemistry or the chemistry between Samantha and Theodore because they're always laughing or listening to music and they're I'm sharing sorry, interests. Are you talking about Ava and Caleb? Not Ava. Ava and Nathan would be Oscar Isaac. And I'm sorry. Did I say the wrong person? Caleb is Dom Gleason. He's the, the, the skinny guy. Yeah. I meant yeah. Um, Ava and Caleb. But well, I wish there was more chemistry between them so I could understand more of Caleb's motive. Again, like in her, you can, Samantha and Theodore, you can really sense that they are attracted to each other. With Caleb and Ava, it's, there's not much other than going by a few conversations where Ava talks about his childhood or his interests, and that's basically it. All that, that's all Caleb needs to be attached to Ava, and I felt like there could have been more, or there could have been at least some laughter or anything, but everyone was just so serious, so I don't understand where the connection is. I understand, well, Caleb has a kind of troubled past, so I guess he clings on to anyone really fast, which is kind of why Nathan right. chose him. But I still wish there was more right. to make it more believable and not really turn into a love story, but just more compelling. So yeah. I'm pro- and- I would give it a 3-5, but for the um, twist at the end, I'm going to bump it up to a 4, which we'll talk about later. I'm on board with you, Jess, um, in a lot of ways. Uh, I also give it a 4. Whoa. Um, never happens. Because of what happens a little bit later, I am 100% on board with you that Ava and uh, Caleb's relationship, it's hard to understand. And um, we we're comparing this to her a little bit. They're the op- I think they're the, kind of the opposite of the same movie. And and her is all emotion. all not, Like, not much is talked about in her about the inner workings of the computer and, like, how everything is to be. It's all about the relationship between the lead and and the AI. This is completely the opposite. The same exact thing, a a relationship between a human and an AI, but all about the science, all about philosophy, all about intellectual ideas and nothing to do with emotion. And it comes through. But it is a little bit about the emotion that it is, is sorry to interrupt, but the emotion that it is, I think, is a different emotion and that's why it's there's it sets it up as desperation to start with. Like his first interaction with um Domal Gleason's character and Oscar Oscar Isaac's character, their their first interaction is very, you know, uh emotionally charged and, and there's already a lack of trust and under lack of understanding between what is going on there. And I think that there is an emotion. It's just not it's it's a different emotion. It's not fun. It's not exciting. It's not uh, you're not creating this love connection. You're you know it's it's desperation. There's there's a lot of desperation that happens at the very beginning of each one of these relationships. I think that's I can see that. I can see the desperation, especially you know Ava's trying to get out. Caleb wants approval. 
I don't exactly know what right. Nathan wants other than these are to him. These are just kind of all lab rats in his plan. It feels like, but I don't feel, I guess I don't feel, I don't feel a whole lot throughout the movie. Um, when it's Caleb and Nathan having their conversations, I, I just kind of like their banter and, yeah, it's like there's a four because the last third has some big moves. A couple I didn't see coming. It's like a mix. It, the whole movie's like got like four or five twists, bigger and small. And it's a mix of, oh, I mean, yeah, you went that way. I saw that coming. Right. You know, completely didn't see that coming at all. That was a good choice kind of stuff. Um, even the ones I saw coming, some of them were like the right choice, in my opinion, as compared to in my head, the other things they could have done. Um, but yeah, it's a four. Um, it gets better as it goes, but, um, yeah, I agree with Jess a lot that, that, that Caleb and a- Ava relationship is, is not a strength. It's actually kind of a weakness in the movie. Uh, but before we get to, I guess, Koyoko and all those twists, we'll, we'll talk about some of our favorite parts here. Cause there's definitely some for me. I, I love, um, when, uh, Caleb's confronting, uh, Nathan about tearing up, uh, Ava's picture that she drew for him. That's part of the test. And he's just, he's drunk and he's like, I'm, I'm about to tear up this dance floor. And then he turns on, uh, <laughs> like the disco music. He's, and he's such dancing. a good dancer. Yeah. He was it's so, so good. good. I love that scene. It takes yeah. me like, it, it doesn't take me out, but I just like, it brings some le- much needed, needed levity in a very heavy movie. Like just for a second, like just like, oh. I'm going to tear up this dance floor. <laughs> so I know. And then that makes it more confusing of Nathan's character. Cause I'm like, you're supposed to be this smart geeky guy, but you've, you've got some moves. So that's the thing is he's not, he's not like the, like Don Paul Gleason is the more like traditional nerd. He's like yeah. the modern, he's the modern day. And that's why I said Silicon Valley dude, bro. Like they act like dude, bro, but they are also super smart. And that's why they're kind of bored and crazy because they have everything and they don't know what to do with it. So they just are kind of crazy about it. Um, yeah, that that scene was fun, but it was weird because it was on the heels of when, you know, we find out that the or we don't find out, but the Donald Gleason's character finds out that that or seems to find out that the Kyoko character might not be as real as we think she is. And it's really kind of a weird sensation where she's just sort of offering her up herself up to him sexually out of nowhere and then now it's a dance party it's like this makes it seem sociopathic you know yeah i mean i agree with you there but like also it needed to break up like this is a heavy heavy movie we needed something to break up all like the like just piercing tension and and a dance party does that it does it does it it, well it made me laugh the first time it still makes me smile to this day like when i see it i mean this is third or fourth time i've seen it yeah because it is good yeah, and, and it's he's not, such it's a good not, dancer. I was so blown away of yeah, how Jess good these moves are. Blown away by Oscar Isaac's moves. Well, um. I love dancing in <laughs> movies, so that's kind of like my thing. So I, I love this. Yeah, Mamma Mia, check it out. Uh, yeah, that up last Monday if you want dancing. Um, but no, like we <laughs> we pretty quickly move right back into the heavy for for Mama K, um, and. Uh, you know, yeah. Oscar Isaac gets too drunk. He gets passed out. Domhnall Gleeson finds a fucking scary ass room. Oh my god, this is the, the scariest part of the movie. This this shit's <laughs> insane. Um, he because fu- he said, you know, they have a conversation Domhnall and Oscar Isaac a little bit earlier uh, about, you know, she Ava is a good one. I think the next one's going to be the perfect one. And he's like, oh, next one. He's like, well, yeah, they're you know, you figured there were prototypes, and it's something I never really thought about. But as soon as she said, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. There would be prototypes. She, she's not the first try. Um, then we I see video. Nathan was just saying that to Caleb just to fuck with him because he already kind of knew he had a crush on him. He had a crush on her. 
So I thought yeah. he was just being a little jerk. I always thought there were. I mean, I never. I didn't think about there being prototypes, but as soon as he said that, I was like, "Yeah, every science experiment has prototypes. Every you know, every iPhone 10 had an iPhone. Like you know, it's everything has an earlier version." Um, and we see the footage of the of <laughs> of the tests on the, um, the the old AIs, the ones that were just starting off. Um, it's some disturbing, yeah. terrifying, crazy shit. The one that still haunts me every time I watch it um, is the one woman. It's like beta test 5.4 or something, whatever. And she's just in that box and she's just, why don't you let me out? And Oscar is <laughs> like, I already told you. And then you cut, she fast forwards again. Why won't you let me out? Why? And then she starts smashing her arms until like all the parts fly off and her head, part of her face falls off. And she's just like smashing herself against the thing. Oh, but it's done in like sped up um, security camera. So it's like kind of far away, like found footagey. Ooh, ooh. Every time still gets me. And uh, there's a lot <laughs> really? of other, there's a lot of other good bits in there. But um, yeah, this, this. Uh, well, I didn't think, I thought it was going to, Part of the reason I didn't watch this movie is because I thought there was going to be more stuff like that in this movie. So when that part no, came, it was sort of compartmentalized into that one little scenario, you know, where they were showing all the different things that happened. And so because it all came like sort of fast and furious, I wasn't really that affected by it, except for the one where there's a close up of the face that's like metal on just the top. And for some reason... That's going to be the thing that sets with me for some reason. I'm going to be thinking about that tonight, laying in my bed, trying to sleep. <laughs> and so. at the same time, Kyoko is taking herself apart, like peeling her own skin back. And we see like her exposed eyes, the exposed stomach. Uh, Jess, did this scene I love have, any, have any effect on you? No, I really liked it. Um, I thought that was a good way <laughs> to introduce or maybe reveal the truth behind um, all these characters. And it made me appreciate how they made the body of these robots, because it really is part human, part rope. Well, Kyoko's all human, but I guess those will go into the visual and sound, but they did such a good job of her peeling it off and peeling it on, and just, it looks Mm -hmm. so seamless. Um, So you never would have guessed, well, if by just looking at Kyoko, you never would have guessed that she actually was a robot. So let's just continue with that into the visual and sound because we're getting close to yeah. the, the all the, the final twists. Um, Jessica, what do you think? Oh, can I talk about my favorite um, visual? Yes. I guess and yeah. sound. Yeah, bring up both of when... you. Bring up your favorite scenes in here. Yeah. Okay, my favorite <laughs> visual and sound we haven't talked about yet. It's in the end of the plot, but there's one scene where um, can I say it? Am I allowed to? Say whatever you want. We're, we're okay. close to the end. <laughs> so Nathan gets stabbed. And usually when in a movie, <laughs> yeah. when someone gets stabbed, there's a piercing noise. The person screams bloody murder. And it's just a mess. <laughs> so he gets stabbed. And it's just like, what is it like? I don't. It's robotic. There's it's, no sound. It's just like an easy access. It just goes in there. And it's it like was, knife it's, it's through almost, butter. It's not like anything. Yeah, and it it's is. almost like it musical. It, it was just almost like he's gonna like flutter, and I don't, I don't know. I thought that was just so cool because it brought the I loved it too. Robot yeah. versus human part in it, and um, it was really creative. They even took it out the knife and did it again. It was the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't it's know. Like, it's like the robot knows that doing this is how you kill someone. But there's no malice in it. So there's no. no like there's no jerky hand motion. There's nothing. There's just this 
smooth insert of the knife into the body. And then, yeah, like it, like it was meant to be in there. Right, exactly. Like it just worked. And he saw, and the look on his face too was almost the same, sort of like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, I love oh, when he walks, starts walking new. away, and he's like, oh, fuck. All right. Yeah. Um, like, like he's trying to think. Like, all right. I don't know. And the, the, you know, obviously the uh, the stabber <laughs> is just standing there. But like, he's like, right. all right. I don't know what to do next. Like, it's, I like that whole. thing, Well, he's too. just like I'm mortally wounded. But fuck this. I, I don't. Know. <laughs> what do you think is a whole, Jess? Yeah. So I think I'm going to give it a four. Like I talked about um, the robot bodies at all, and this movie was made like five years ago. So um, props to the visual and sound just because again her peeling off her skin it it didn't look fake at all it didn't look jaggedy it actually was seamless um ava's body part robot part human i think it, it just worked together there weren't a lot of other huge visual and sounds again because this is basically just two rooms but i think those two parts um, and the dance part, the dancing itself probably adds some points <laughs> too. But all that, I think, um, adds up to a four. Well, okay. Yeah, I'm going to surprisingly bump it up half a notch and give it a four or five because, because even though we do see a lot of the couple of rooms in the house, by the way, it's a fucking bitchin' house. Um, it's pretty sweet. I love it. All yeah. Although they have logs everywhere for fireplaces, and I didn't see one damn fireplace, but okay. Um, <laughs> but did anybody else notice the beautiful, lovely scenery where this was located? And the the fastest thing in the movie we were talking earlier about how slow things were was actually the river that ran through it. So um, that <laughs> I was like the that. Thing that, That's creative. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that had movement besides the uh, impromptu disco dance scene was water in the movie. This was uh, there's filmed, a lot of water. This was filmed in a hotel in Norway. The uh, outdoor scenes and some of the other scenes that were not on a soundstage. Oh uh, well, it's an um, it. I think the spot couldn't have been more amazing because it's absolutely beautiful and majestic and perfect that you wouldn't know that this insanity is going on right there there's no you know there's no peepers i mean you can hear birds outside but there's no peepers or frogs nothing. by the way for our listeners who have never heard of that <laughs> peepers or frogs yeah um <laughs> main terminology yeah, yeah main terminology. Sorry. but that is all happening in this you know super something so inorganic is happening in this super organic uh atmosphere and that is so by design um that I find that flawless. Um, the lighting was about the only issue I had for some of the things. So, hmm. and and the sound I thought was the sound I thought was good. There was uh, there was you know good music um, transitioning through scenes, and it was weird. I was watching it with captions on, and it would sometimes say "ominous music is coming," and I'd be like, <laughs> "What? Like, <laughs> why are you telling me what's, That's what's on so the horizon?" That's so sci-fi. Even the captions yeah, were kind of sci-fi. They were. Oh, and the music is like, coming. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Well, I guess I'm some movies now. that would be a character name. So, <laughs> like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, his name's um, ominous music. Ominous music. Yeah. So, for those reasons, it, cinematography wise, I think it was. I think it was great. Um, yeah, four and a half for me. I really liked it. I'm gonna also land on a four and a half. Um, 
I, I love, so the number one thing, Mama K talked about a lot about the visuals, and I really do like the visuals and pretty much everything. The skin going on is awesome. The locations are yeah. good. The inside is, is futuristic, just barely in that kind of her way, if we're going to compare it against her. I love the not too far future, but future. Um, I, if I had to pick a nit, it would be the, when, when, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kyoku is kind of tearing herself apart a little bit. Something about the face doesn't sit right and like the, um, the peeling of the skin. It doesn't bother me ever with Ava and it doesn't bother me whenever she's putting that skin on later on. We'll get to that. But for some reason with <laughs> Kyoku, there's, there's something weird about her, the way her, she's done. Um, there's another scene later where she loses a, a body part and, um, it's, it's kind of noticeable there too. Um, I should say Alex Garland, he was offered more money to do this, but rejected a lot of different offers because he wanted full creative control as well as final cut privileges. Um, so he did mm. this on $15 million, which in 2015 for a movie like this, um, I mean, it's great for a directorial debut with, with, you know, known actors. That was the full on budget for the movie. $15 million is the budget of this movie. Wow. Which for a movie in 2015, it's kind of low, honestly. Like it's 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 yeah, it's, uh, no it's, kidding. It's, that's tough to deal with in a sci-fi for a sci-fi movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, one that's not going to be a schlocky B movie. Like if you want it to be a legit good sci-fi movie, which I think this is, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a tough budget to deal with. So he actually rejected more money because he wanted to do it his way. I th- I think for the most part it probably paid off. Um, we'll yeah, talk about props to him. I appreciate if, that. Yeah, he's he's going for that Artur look. I really appreciate this guy's uh, this guy's style and wherewithal and. Wanted to do it his way at any cost. So, um, but back to the sound now. Um, the guys who did this score, I want to credit them because they also did the score in Annihilation. They did a score in a Black oh, Mirror Annihilation episode. sound is phenomenal. <laughs> yes, I was hoping you would do that on the show. Annihilation <laughs> listeners will know what that is. Uh, but Ben Salisbury and Jeff Barrow uh, team up to do this soundtrack, Annihilation, an episode of Black Mirror, and a couple other uh, sci-fi things. Um, I think their mix of, like, folky guitar, as well as ominous, like, robotic synth, um, they kind of mix those back and forth, back and forth. Um, it's excellent. Plus there's, there's some of the best com- composers, uh, like, today. Like, they're, they're bone-chilling good music. Um, so a four or five I land on, just because I have a few visual nitpicks, but as a whole, it's <laughs> it's, it's very good. Um, twist time, ending time. Let's do it. Um, so mm-hmm. we we know Kyoko is is a is robot ish. Um, I'm a little unclear at how robotic she is, but we'll get to that in a second. Ava and uh, Caleb hatch a plan while there's one of the power adages, which we should say. I don't know if we did already. Ava causes. I always thought that was some sort of right. insidious thing Nathan was doing to watch them unbeknownst to them, but no. Ava causes them. They hatch a plan, steal his key card, reset the whatever, the uh, uh, security lockdown system so that when they lose power, she can escape. Um, they plan to do it the next night, but Nathan, uh, Nathan is like, I'm not drinking tonight, and he figures out that Ava and Caleb were planning this thing because he puts a battery-powered camera in their room, also revealing that he had the audio for that uh, that tearing up the picture scene we talked about briefly earlier. Right. A lot is revealed back and forth here. Caleb had done it the night before when he already got him drunk. He kind of proactively planned that. Ava is able to get out. Nathan knocks Caleb out. And Ava is talking to Kyoko, uh, like whispering to her. I- I'm unclear at how much... Uh, cognitive ability Kyoko has at this point. 
Uh, I always assumed she was pretty much just a sex robot that understood basic commands. I didn't think that she really had much external use. Um, but as uh, Jess mentioned earlier, Kyoko and Ava corner Nathan, um, do the really robotic, slow stabbing. Um, <laughs> Nathan also takes one of Ava's arms out with a, uh, a dumbbell um, bar. So it's like this whole movie. It's the most actiony part, but it's all done, you know, slowly, mechanically and methodically. Like it's not, um, it's not a shoot 'em up. Uh, no. The whole thing here, after Nathan's been stabbed, he presumably dies on the floor. In fact, we see him later on dead. Kyoko's jaw has been taken out by Nathan when he was fighting back against the two of them. Ava tries on new skin uh, from the weird skin <laughs> wardrobe that Nathan keeps in his one of his many closets. Um, I Which do isn't like... as creepy as Brennan just made it sound, because Brennan just made it sound really creepy, but okay. <laughs> It's pretty creepy. Skin wardrobe. She opens up a wardrobe and there's like a half torso there with the face and everything. Like, yeah, it's pretty creepy. But she puts the skin on. She gets a new arms. She puts a dress on. Gets some hair. Um, and there's one big final thing she does before leaving. I will wait for that, though, before we give our feel and resonance uh, back to you. Who was I last to? I'll go to Mama K. Um, what do you think of the feel and resonance of this movie? Well, I don't watch a lot of this kind of sci-fi stuff, so I think this is going to stick with me for a while because it doesn't... We're broadening uh, your horizons. Okay. Uh, I'm not (laughs) hearkening back to a lot of other things that I've seen in recent times. I mean, a lot of... I I would go back to something like a Blade Runner or something like that. That's Mm -hmm. way old. Not the new Blade Runner either. Um, That's a good movie. So I think this kind of thing... You know, it makes you think, and and it will stick with me. And then that metal faced lady will definitely haunt my dreams for a a, a time. Um, nice. But it's it's not going to stick with me like a her because her makes me think about existence, whereas this movie more or less makes me think about, yeah, this is going to happen, and we're so screwed by these AI situations. <laughs> um, and I don't really that's not where I want to be in my life. So resonance and feel i'm gonna i'm gonna knock it down just because i don't want to have to think about it it's gonna be like a two and a half for me oh wow just yeah way down because i don't want to think about it yeah no it's personal opinion mixed with actual um critical analysis that's that's the show you know? <laughs> exactly i agree <laughs> I, I that's that's fair Jess, this one is a little tricky to rate for me because i feel like at first i was on the lower side just because Caleb and Ava's relationship, I didn't buy it, and I feel like if they built it up more, I would have more resonance and feel to it. So that kind of hindered it, but then the twists at the end were so good and so unexpected, so that brought it back up. Um, so I don't know the averages. It's between like a 3, 5, and a 4, but I'll just be consistent and give it a 4. I feel like with every rating I've had, it's been 3, 5, but then there's that one thing that was like, oh, that was really good. I have to bump it up. So that yeah. bumped it up for me. I, I think I'll definitely think about this movie um, in the future. Not so much about um, the AIs and the science behind it, but more of how the writer here just made these twists at the end. I think that was the best part. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on board with Jess again. Jess and I are lining up a lot on this one here. Um, I am at a four. Um, 
it's not a crier, which, you know, I, yeah, I know you guys know that I look for that in movies. Um, but as far as what a movie sets out to accomplish, which is what I tend to lean towards when I'm grading, for the most part, even if I don't like it, which I do, I like this movie, but, but even when it's something I don't like, I tend to lean towards what were they going for, did they accomplish it? I think you really nailed what he was going for here, Alex Garland. Um, the, the, the big heady concepts I appreciate and really like and enjoy in most more moments than I don't. Um, the the love story is not much of a love story, honestly. It's hard to it's hard for me to ever get on board with Domhnall Gleeson his head over heels for this Ava character that she'll he'll you know go against his boss basically go against his contract and and try to you know help her get free. Um, it's a, it's a big pill to swallow. Um, I think he just wants to be a good guy. I don't know that he's ever actually head over heels in love with her. I don't. No. He's really into like to wants... risk like the whole experiment or his whole thing just but to I let her he... free. Or I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I'd risk everything in my life. Just I mean, we do learn. I didn't mention it in the his in principles. part of the twist reveals, but Oscar Isaac reveals it wasn't uh, random. It wasn't a winner contest. Really, he picked him because he had no family. Um, his you know had a generally good personality. He modeled Ava's face based on his porn search history. I like that little bit there. That's a nice little extra piece. Um, we, you know, the whole <laughs> thing is the test wasn't to see if Ava was AI could pass a Turing test. The whole thing was she's a rat in a maze. Can she use her only way out to get out? She has to use. She has to lie. She has to use emotional intelligence. She has to be use regular intelligence, like uh, like. She has to use multiple things that no robot could do. Only an intelligent mind could do. Um, right. Which makes me think about... And Oscar Isaac... Well, Oscar Isaac, you know, I think his, he's very smart and he knows he's very smart and he thinks he's very smart. And when he underestimates himself uh, by choosing this guy, I, I that's kind of one of my favorite parts, actually. Yeah, yeah he, I liked how he uh, got a little humbled at the end. No, every yeah. Achilles has their and heel. Also dead. He's not a perfect, omnipotent. Even at the beginning, he loves talking to himself as a god because Donald Gleason said, "If you created yeah. intelli- artificial intelligence, it's not the work of man; it's the work of gods." And then he later on reforms that to being like, you know, when when he looked up to me, he said, "You're not a man; you're a god." And then Donald Gleason's <laughs> like, "That's right. ah, not exactly what I said." He's like, "No, it was, <laughs> it was a really good moment." Like, I. I, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're also delusional yeah I, I like all that but you know like i said every achilles has their heel he may be super smart super bro-y uh, but he's also a morbid alcoholic and that ends up being his downfall uh in a way the big fi- I, I guess i got uh, yeah i give it a four the big final thing though is ava instead of leaving with caleb locks caleb in the room that she was imprisoned in barely looks back like she gives one last side glance when she goes in the elevator yeah but like never was there any intention of ava of leaving with caleb and go living off in the real world and our final shots of the movie are her going off in the helicopter um again like people would be like oh why are they letting this girl on they thought don mock was supposed to be going i'm like dude i guarantee you that Nathan has sent way weirder shit back to the helicopter site than Ava. Yeah. So I've totally bought yeah. in there. They would I I'm guaranteed they wouldn't even question it. And her final thing is she's walking in the crowd, she looks out of a window, uh, presumably onto that uh, intersection that she was talking about, people watching. Um proving right. she really is 
has some humanity in her despite her uh, sort of callous way to escape. But again, it's the way she thought she had to do it. So the movie ends with Ava escaped, uh, Caleb locked in the compound, and Kyoko and Nathan dead on the outside. So that is how we end <laughs> Ex Machina. And, and we're all screwed. Can I say how, how I, I thought it was going to end or where I saw it was going? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Jess. Yeah, uh, yeah. What did you think was going to happen? And then, you know, give your overall recommend. That, so I, I, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, the biggest obvious um, twist was that Kyoko actually wasn't just this um, mute person. She had more of a purpose. But I really thought she was either a spy or she was going to screw him all <laughs> over. But how did that happen? She was just you. Th- wait, wait, you th- didn't think she was a, a like a like a failed AI off the bat? As soon as I see her. The first time, bring that stuff to Domo to Greason's room and then leave without yeah. saying a word. I was like, oh, she's just like a robot. Like, I didn't even think it was supposed to be a yeah. twist. Well, I thought because he was just <laughs> he was just saying she doesn't know anything, she doesn't do anything. But I thought that she knew more yeah. than uh, he told everyone that. Um, I don't well, know. I still don't know how much she knows because she seemed to understand when Ava was talking to her at the end. I, that's the one I thought she big... was playing dumb the entire time, either, again, as a spy or had her own agenda. Interesting. Okay. Um, I didn't feel that way about her the whole time. I pretty much felt that she was going to, that she was a robot, a very dissatisfied one. And a couple of times, I, I think she knew exactly what was going on at all times. And he was just saying that she doesn't understand English because he was trying to, you know, make her seem like a regular person, which she wasn't. Um, that was, I think that was her, her piece in it. Also, she was obviously one of the lesser, maybe she was one of the creations. Prior yeah, she's one and, of the, the, the prototypes before Ava, for sure. Yeah. So. And he was like, he even said, like, Ava's a pretty good body. I, I've, you know, I, I made her before and I kept her going. Like, I'm guessing all those other torsos and heads and legs and shit in the, tor- in the cabinets were just <laughs> failed experiments. And he got to Kyoko and he's like, yeah, this one's pretty good. I'll keep it around. It's not good enough to be smart, but I'll keep it around as a thing to fucking give me stuff and yell at. I don't know. <laughs> dance with. Dance, and dance with. with. Yeah. She can dance, as he says. Make sushi. Tear up this dance floor. <laughs> uh, so good um, so as a final boy. as a final recommend I'll start with Jess because I think she's the more middle opinion would you recommend x No I think I totally recommend it um, again this is kind of before I think I've said this a couple times um, sci-fi has really changed um, when you think of sci-fi you think of this god awful movie that just is really PC and you just are clawing your eyes to watch it but now it's pretty cool and it's almost scary because you're like this actually could happen in the future this is actually realistic so i like oh, no. that and they, i like the conversations back and forth there's a lot to talk about mm-hmm. i'm sure a lot of it is pre- prevalent today with ais because i mean i don't know much about the subject but i'm sure we are pretty advanced we're getting there i i don't know but i'm sure these conversations are tons of what you can find topics on online and stuff so i think it's somewhat relevant it makes you think and it's not as slow as you would think it is either so i would recommend it well okay i'm a softer recommend for a more discerning audience maybe i think this isn't going to be something that your average person is going to want to put on and and sit through um because it is cerebral 
And if you're not buying into that, it's going to be really slow and you're not going to really get what's happening um, in it. And The middle-aged mom crowd little, isn't it, going to be into this. <laughs> well, listen, I watched it. <laughs> you um, did. Well, you gave it some just, high ratings. Yeah, you seemed to enjoy parts of it. I did. I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, but there's there's always a, there's a piece missing for me that just because it, it seems relatively emotionless it's hard for me to give it a stronger recommend i need my movies to have some sort of emotion or to make me feel a certain way besides terrified so <laughs> that that's why that's why it's a softer recommend for me movies, I, the terrifying ones <laughs> yeah <laughs> that resonates know, I'm, with I'm, me I'm, <laughs> i just wish it were just a little more terrifying um no but i'm I was surprised by it. I was surprised that I did enjoy it as much as I did. I was surprised that uh, it wasn't as I, that I wasn't going to have to put a pillow over my face <laughs> to, you know, not watch part of it. Um, even the f- the flesh cabinets or whatever it is that you called them. Uh, <laughs> like that wasn't that. particularly that stressful for quote. me. Um, <laughs> flesh cabinets. <laughs> yeah. Um, so because of that, I'm going to give it a soft recommend. Yeah, I'm going to give it like a pretty solid recommend, not a high recommend, um, a solid recommend, because this definitely isn't for everyone. I think a lot of listeners to this show, I know a lot of our most downloaded episodes are like, I Am Mother is up there, uh, Midsummer is one of our highest ones. So the people who listen to this show frequently are people who kind of like sci-fi horror kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are other listeners who think that's a bunch of bullshit, and I, I don't mean to alienate you, but um, yeah, this is a this is a movie that I think we love all of them. We have yeah, we we love all our children, um, but I, I think <laughs> I think this is a movie that a lot of people who see a lot of movies will enjoy. Um, it's twisty, it's different, really good acting, really good writing. It's just solid across the board with a yeah. couple of like Jess said, a couple of little extra flare ups of really good it's solid and then every once in a while it'll be like oh that's even better than i thought it was gonna be so um yeah it's a solid recommend for me um i i want to do annihilation at some point we'll see when that gets into our schedule i think that i mean I'm, i got we talk about it all the time i tip my hand that's a better movie <laughs> than this um a way more well, enjoyable way movie it's cr- yeah way crazier themes and and things going on there but that will be for another day i, I could talk about this forever you you guys are right that uh, the sci-fi genre um a movie or a movie a, a genre i used to look down on you know a couple not just a few years ago it stimulates the most conversation. I, I didn't even do my Blade Runner comparisons. I had a whole list of Blade Runner comparisons I was going to do about false memories and all this shit, but we didn't even have time. And I was the only one who mentioned Blade Runner. I know. I was so, going to do it, but go. I was just like, we're already running long. We're over an hour right now. So I'm going to cut it off here. Uh, it's three varying <laughs> degrees of recommend. So if you you know you, if you like this kind of movie, go check it <laughs> out. If you already have, go watch it again. I've seen it a couple times, and I, I like it as much, if not more, each time. So three recommends for ex machina uh and coming up we have one more streaming review which we were going to do something originally but we might do a different one depending on the availability but next thursday uh no not sorry next Thursday, next monday a week from today uh you guys will be getting our review of jess's most anticipated movie in many <laughs> years it chapter two it chapter two will be hitting <laughs> your streaming feeds what is that date september 7th 9th. it comes oh okay it comes out in theaters uh preview screening september 5th and uh and main screening september 6th 
so that's a Thursday and Friday. But we will be releasing our review on Monday, September 9th for that. Um, I, it might just be Jess and I on because it might just be gushing. Um, we'll see. Hopefully it is. <laughs> Uh, I thought you were going to say it was going to be Scooby-Doo. So no, think, we're going to hold our Scooby-Doo. It is very similar to that. We're going to hold our Scooby-Doo's. Okay. For, maybe we'll review those um, the Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> Michelle Geller ones. That'd be yeah, fun. maybe. Scooby-Doo and scooby Wow, I'm really surprised you're both yeah. into that because those are bad movies. <laughs> um, Wait, are you calling but, uh, Scooby-Doo a bad what? movie? The live action ones from the like early two thousands. We've, oh. we've done. One. Yeah, I enjoy them that. in like a so bad it's good kind of way. I oh, guess, never but... mind. I thought you were Heck talking yeah. about Scooby Doo. Where are you? No, we're not reviewing. <laughs> we don't review TV here. Maybe one day. Maybe <laughs> bonus shows in the future. But um, that could be a bonus show. Yeah. Yeah, we do need bonus shows, and we need listener suggestions. We have a few more that we were going to try to fit into our schedule based on streaming availability and uh, schedule availability, although we do have a lot of theater reviews in the next few months. But if you do have anything to recommend to us, this, this episode is proof that we listen. Um, Films with the Women in My right. Life on Facebook if you want to reach us there, and if you want to reach out on Instagram, reach out to me. I am Brennan underscore pod host. Yeah, the episode's gone long enough, guys. I, I thank you for joining me for Ex Machina. This was a good one. Yeah, and this. thank you, Mac. Yeah, thanks, Mac. And until next time, everyone, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at FilmsWomenPod and check out our website, FilmsWithTheWomen.Libsyn.com. That's FilmsWithTheWomen.L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is